Thank you for tuning into the Pictures of Lily podcast. I'm your host, Lily Moayeri. I have been a music journalist since 1992, and I interview a lot of music-related people. This podcast, which is named after the song by The Who, is about my experience behind the story. What my experience is doing the interviews, just to give you a snapshot of what it's like on the other side of the digital recorder. Pictures of Lily. This is episode 45, which is just wow. You can find us on every platform by going to picturesoflily.com where you can subscribe or follow us and also connect to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Pandora, and Amazon. Although it's really best to listen to the podcast straight from the source at picturesoflily.com as it is the best quality audio and avoids copyright restrictions. In this episode, I talk about my experiences with DJ, producer, manager, label owner, event promoter, and festival thrower, mother, and all-around glamour queen, Heidi Lawton. Here are a few snapshots of my experiences with Heidi. My first interactions with Heidi started when our paths crossed in part because of DJ Harvey and in part because she used to work at Ministry of Sound, a major clubbing institution in the UK. I was in England for weeks in 1994. This is the same time frame that I refer to in the Chemical Brothers episode of this podcast. At that time, I stayed with different friends throughout the week, but all my things were at this guy's place way down in the outskirts of South London. I would have to go back there to swap out my clothes and maybe take a shower and occasionally sleep. But it was a long way out and I definitely did not want to spend money taking expensive cabs from central London or even south London out to where this guy's place was. So I would wait until the tube started again in the early mornings to get back there. Every Saturday night, after I ran out of places to be, I would end up at the gates of the ministry where Heidi and her colleagues Caroline Prothero and Lynn Cosgrove were handling the door. They would always take care of me and write me out a nice pass so I could go to the office, which was the real VIP part of the club. Under those fluorescent lights, away from the music, was where the party was at. I wasn't the only person ending up there at the end of the night slash beginning of the morning, as a lot of DJs and friends from other spots that had closed for the night were also there. I had a lot of amazing conversations with a lot of different people on those occasions and made some good friends. And I would speak to Heidi every time I was there. I can still picture her sitting back in this office chair wearing her Ministry of Sound puffy coat with a fur-lined collar over a tiny slip dress and her miles and miles of legs stretched out across the floor. Heidi was already a mother at that point to a son who she had with Harvey, whom she was managing. A few years after this, I heard through a friend that Harvey and Heidi and their son Harley were in Los Angeles and living in Venice, which took me by surprise. We reconnected and Heidi and I went out to loads and loads of cool LA events that were happening around the time, which was the early 2000s. She was a good plus one as she was into whatever the event was and guys really liked having her around and talking to her. And we would always drag the night out, which she was up for, and she was never really drinking and she doesn't take drugs, so I didn't have to manage her. And I loved our breaking the night down conversations on our long drives home back to the west side. We lost touch for a bit, but reunited when I bumped into her at a coffee place in Echo Park. 
By now, she had resumed her dormant DJ career and was involved in a lot of fun things around town, and the invites were coming from her, which was a cool turnaround. And her managing of Harvey's career was truly impressive, as it had harnessed his talent and positioned him as one of the leading DJs in the world. Plus, Harley was managing Harvey's website and merch store. So they are a real family business. I should add that Heidi and Harvey are not together, but their professional relationship definitely has a familial quality to it that I haven't really seen anywhere else. It was because of this dynamic that I wanted to do a feature on her for the LA Weekly in 2016, which my editor at the time, Andy Herman, jumped on as he saw the uniqueness of the cross-section of her activities and approach. I went to Heidi's place to do the interview. At the time, she was living in Laurel Canyon with her husband, Andrew Hogg, professionally known as Love Fingers. So there was a very 60s creative energy permeating the house and a vibe that's very authentically LA. One of the points I wanted to talk to her about in that interview was how over all the years I had known her, I always felt that no matter what she had going on professionally or personally, she always put Harley in the number one position of consideration. This was a point I was planning on tacking on to the end of our interview, but it became the focal point of the whole story. This is what she told me. There's nothing like having a kid at that age to help balance your life at a point when it could have gone down a way wilder path. I've always been controlled and measured, everything in moderation. But people will walk in a room and project onto you what they think you might be. Plus, there was always the attitude of, she's just a young girl. At a time when the industry was completely male-dominated, being a mother broke down barriers for me, and I was given more of a chance. Heidi told me that when I was hanging out at ministry, she would put Harley to bed, come to work, get back home, take a nap, and then have her day with him. This is what she said. He was always my primary concern. I didn't plan on having a child that young, but if I was going to do it, I was going to be the best I could possibly be at it. I'm like that with everything. This type of attitude is also why she and Harvey continued as a family with Harley, even though they weren't together, which I always find fascinating as they get along really well. It was time for me to do a feature on her as a DJ, which I did for DJ Mag with the blessing of my editor at the time, Sarah Polanski. I went to Heidi's house again for the interview. She had moved back to Venice and her place there had a completely different vibe to the one in Laurel Canyon. No matter where she is living though, there is an air of appreciation for the life she has, which makes me feel like I should be more aware, more present and more thankful for the life I have. Heidi comes from humble beginnings and I never feel like she takes anything for granted. She is always so hyped and grateful and surprised and giddy whenever anything positive happens. When she shares her victories, it's done with this really likable combination of excitement and disbelief, but at the same time, this genuine happiness that is infectious. This is what she told me about DJing. It's a small victory every time somebody reaches out to me. I'm super excited to be approached. To hear that panorama bar, this clubbing mecca, listen to my radio show thousands and thousands of miles away and want to book me, that's an amazing, humbling achievement. You know who I am because of the music I play in a studio to no one? Someone cares on the other side of the world? It means something to me. If you do something from your heart and from your soul that's recognized by the outside world, to me, that's really symbolic.
Lawrence and I were in the very early days of our courtship, and he texted me while I was mid-interview, and I told Heidi I had to stop recording so I could tell her about this guy that I met and how I was totally sprung and how I didn't want to ruin it with him. Of course, she was just as good of a listener as she has always been. Over the course of the year following that interview, Heidi became one of mine and Lawrence's favorite DJs. Lawrence first told me he loved me during one of Heidi's DJ sets at an illegal warehouse party in downtown LA. I told her about it and she wasn't surprised. Apparently, we're not the first people to have significant moments in our lives while she is the soundtrack. She is a fantastic DJ and we have a memorable time every time we experience her, whether it's by herself or with Love Fingers. In 2018, I nominated her for the Best Adaptable DJ for the LA Weekly's music issue and the quote from her for that was, Every party has a music and vibe reputation. I want to honor that, but I also want to unleash my inner beast. I remember one of the San Francisco OG DJs telling me how surprised he was at how heavy and dark she played. I think that's what Lawrence and I love best about her playing. We particularly love her sets in gay spaces. Somehow that setting is just that much better for her music. I gotta get next to you. The next time I interviewed Heidi was when she and her partners in Surround, a brand under which they do club nights and events, put together their first formal festival, Dust Camp. For this interview, Heidi came to our house after hers and Lovefingers' weekly show at Dublap called Magic Roundabout, which goes out on Wednesdays. The interview was from Mixmag, and it was the perfect outlet to talk about the very special Dust Camp, again under the guidance of an editor, Valerie Lee, that understood the topic. Dust Camp has only happened once so far, but the event's location at a remote reservation campground and the core of its ethos, which is very grassroots, and the music, which goes for 22 hours at a time, is very unique. This is how Heidi explained it. It's escapism and surrendering. You can go to a club and see a two-hour DJ set and then go to another club around the corner for four hours. Somewhere like Bergein in Berlin, you stay for 20 hours, which seems impossible, but you surrender to the experience and time goes by like the changing of the clouds. At most festivals, you can change the mood with every two-hour set, which is seen as a performance with a beginning, middle, and an end. We come from a club mentality where there is a flow. Our set times are like the arc of the style the DJs play. Some are more on the chill side, they'll play earlier on and it picks up through the night. It's an ebb and flow. It's DJs curating DJs. Dust Camp happened on my birthday weekend and Lawrence and I went. It was one of those events that I thought, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we'll look back on this moment and know we were at the birth of something special. It was Heidi who broke the news to me that Andrew Weatherall had died. And if you've listened to that episode, you know I had a hard time with it. Heidi did too and wanted to talk to me about it, but I just couldn't talk about it at all. So I felt like I left her without support at the time. But I was barely supporting myself and she was very understanding about it. Heidi and Lovefingers were the opening DJs for Andrew when he played here last, which was also the last time I saw him. They played a great, unassuming selection, which set the mood just right for Andrew's four-hour extravaganza. We've had so many experiences and this episode isn't even the tip of the iceberg of all the great times I've had with Heidi or because of Heidi, or the conversations that have been life-affirming and motivated me to not only be more appreciative, but to also take the moments and enjoy life. As much as Heidi accomplishes, and she accomplishes a lot, there is an effortlessness to what she does that is enviable and aspirational. Baby, 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 baby. 
Everything I have written about her is linked at picturesoflily.com. I recommend reading the articles in chronological order. I also recommend keeping an eye on Heidi's socials to see where she'll be, what DJ sets she's sharing, and what music she's releasing. Especially on her and her surround team, Masha and Jenny Love's new Dust recordings and Love Fingers' ESV Institute. I gotta get next to you Closer than one be next to two If that ain't close then I'll eat my shoe I'm just trying to tell you I'm in love with you In the next episode, I will be talking about my experiences with the other side of the coin, DJ Harvey. From myself and my co-producer, director, editor, Lawrence Schroeder, thanks for listening. And if you have a chance to subscribe or follow the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, please do so and please rate and review. You can connect to us on picturesoflily.com and from there you can choose your preferred podcast platform or SoundCloud or YouTube where we could use some more subscribers or Pandora or Amazon. You can also find the playlist for the podcast episodes on Spotify and YouTube. There is also a Pictures of Lily newsletter that goes out when each podcast episode posts that you can subscribe to on picturesoflily.com. Thanks for listening. Pictures of Lily.